Diane. It's 8.09 p.m. Welcome to the bonus episode of Twin Peaks Peaks in which we will be talking about our trip to North Bend 10 days ago. Well, I mean, we could have recorded this podcast earlier, but this is where I would lay the blame on you, but there's actually like no explanation for why <laughs> like neither of us have any good reasons to provide mm, no whether from what was i doing on our Sunday? own lives. i don't remember what i was we doing. just screwed up that's what we did is that we screwed up and the day after i was really tired i was washing my hair on sunday see it still boggles my mind i just turned 23 and it still boggles my mind that that's a thing that like that people spend a lot of time doing i think that's just a me thing because it takes like <laughs> two or three hours yeah so i really can't commit to doing anything else okay well anyway we went to north bend to see the sights and to scope out the filming i'm matthew olson by the way oh i'm ashley brandt <laughs> you just I... said that like you just remembered <laughs> not to say your name, but like, not just like, oh, and I'm Ashley Brandt. Like, like you just remembered that's who you are. <laughs> oh, there's like a tone of discovery in your voice. Um, yeah, so we we took the trip, about three hours. Traffic was mostly okay, except through Tacoma. You wanted to listen to Kanye pretty much the whole way. And I was like, you're driving? And Kanye's pretty okay, so let's let's do this. Yeah, you had never heard the song "Runaway." No, I hadn't. I don't Which, know how that was. That's that one of the, okay. You were just complaining. <laughs> you weren't complaining. I take that back. It's too strong of a word. You were just before we started this showing some concern because you didn't have notes on the trip. <laughs> but apparently, the fact that I hadn't heard "Runaway" is important enough to you that you held on to that with your mind. It's caught in that steel trap. <laughs> Let's talk about Twin Peaks, maybe? Yeah. Um, we went there. <laughs> well, we went to the, the several uh, pieces in the area of North Bend and Snoqualmie, Washington that comprise Twin Peaks as seen in exterior shots in the pilot and Fire Walk With Me. So there's that. Like, There's a lot of locales from the show that actually weren't shot in Washington like ever or ones that were Washington and then became like you know like Big Ed's gas farm for instance there are exterior mm -hmm. shots of the gas farm that are actually shot in California because that's where they were filming the show for the for the majority of it but in the pilot it's really misty and that's how you know it's Washington so there's Although, that when we went it was crazy beautiful it was very very sunny very warm because the Pacific Northwest cannot decide to stop being summer uh this year just eternal summer never gonna be fall and uh i don't know it was it was pleasant once we got out of the car and then we started walking around and then it was quickly not <laughs> that pleasant again yeah um but the town is in this like flat stretch of land just like dead ass between two mountains that look like they're coming out of the ground at like 90 degree angles yeah uh the big the big one that you see shots of in twin peaks all the time is called mount Sai. Uh, the the school. Uh, I, th I think it's the school from the pilot. Yeah, in Fire Walk with Me, they end up using a different school in a different town in Washington for the high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the high school from the pilot is Mount Sai High School. Um, 
which has apparently, unfortunately, been remodeled on the inside to get rid of the cool red stripe zigzag motif. Uh, Alas. Which, I mean, if it was still that way, we probably would have considered breaking in to, to, take, some, to take some cool pics. <laughs> Go into the bathroom and then, and then like smoke cigarettes like we're Donna and Audrey. Do that weird arm dance in the hallway. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Love thinking about that guy. Weird arm dance guy. <laughs> Favorite will, background character. Will he be in season three? Okay. Well, on that note, we're not going to talk about anything we saw with regards to the filming, with regards to actors or actresses or even crew. Because that would be weird. <laughs> like, that'd be really weird if we were... I mean, we have observations about some of the crew that we saw, but that's not that's not here nor there. Um, so, that said, we are going to talk about the place where they were filming because I feel like that has pretty thoroughly been spoiled. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see because this is an audio medium. But I think it's been spoiled, like, pretty, pretty much to death. And uh, also... I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about that place being back for season three, especially since, I mean, if you consider the spoiler at all that they're filming in North Bend and Snoqualmie, like revisiting the old locations for the new show, like that's how uptight you would have to be to think that the location at which they were filming is a spoiler. Are you going to name the location? Now that I have danced around it sufficiently, yes. Uh, the Double R Diner, uh, which is now Tweed's Cafe mm-hmm. in North Bend, um, which also, I mean, it was all really awesome when we pulled up uh, because you didn't know that we were there, but I knew we were there like 10 seconds before we could see the sign like pop up. Oh, yeah. Like not on the horizon, but, you know, like beh- from behind a building. And I was like, woo. Because they they uh, redid the sign. Um, they redid the inside, too, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So Tweed's, uh, formerly the Marty Cafe, uh, which was the the double R thing was never actually part of a cafe sign. They, they, for, the, for the show, they just plopped up a couple neon R's, and that was it. So it still says uh, the Marty Cafe. Uh, it's a big T, but they just ignore that. <laughs> In the name. I don't think... Is there any character named Marty in... Nope. Nope. Uh, so, I was just... Uh, uh, it was brought to my attention that some people thought the significance of the double R was because there's two Roberts in Twin Peaks. Bob and Bobby Briggs. Oh. But I think that's a stretch. <laughs> or just like a nice coincidence. Um, so, yeah. Tweeds uh, is what it's called now. Uh, bought from... I guess Marty or whoever the previous owner was and they changed out the neon sign. So instead of Mar, it says tweeds. Uh, and then shortly after that, like handover, there was a fire inside. So the cafe used to look as it does in the pilot and in fire walk with me, uh, with the beautiful neon diamonds on the ceiling and so forth. And then a fire happened and I've actually eaten, um, at the diner a couple times i think twice uh and instead it was all like white walls and like not as retro furnishings and also tweety birds like all around like the uh the tops of the walls and they're just like hanging on 
on all sides of the cafe. So not really work in the, uh, the old timey diner twin peaksy vibe, but they redid the inside. And actually 10 days after we went there, the cafe has reopened. They've finished, uh, all the interior filming they're doing in there, I guess. And it looks like it does in the show now. Uh, pretty cool. If you're in the area, go get some pie and coffee, which they are known for. It's actually supposed to be good. They don't just say that. Don't they also have 60 sandwiches? They have something like 60 or 70 sandwiches. Here's my thing about Tweed's Cafe. You, you, the, the Tweed's owner, who I don't know the name of, but if you're listening, you own a cafe, which is, or you own a diner, which is prominently featured in a cult television show where they highlight the food. You don't need to then be like, also, look at this ridiculous number of sandwiches we have on our menu. Because also, like, 10 sandwiches that you then kind of, like, styled on top of mm-hmm. very loosely. So, anyway, this was five minutes of me talking about the double R. What, what is, let's hop over to co-host Ashley Brandt. <laughs> See, you did just ch- start checking your phone, which is great. Um, that's the sign that I need to shut up. Um, your thoughts on actually seeing the diner uh looking like it uh well looking like it will in season three but looking awful lot like it did in the show yeah i mean that was definitely like a highlight um a really cool thing to see um the signs and everything like advertising the food was also up there's a lot of detail that's clearly going into the the production design for this season which is really nice to see um the other kind of crazy thing that we experienced was how quickly things are going down presumably because they're on a really tight filming schedule um designed to allow you know sets to go up and come down as quickly as possible to prevent spoilers from being leaked yeah um there when was when we pulled up there was one exterior that was up and we were like okay we have to like go check it out when we parked i parked my car which did not take that long you can attest to that we literally found a parking space and just walked over there and the exterior was down. We did we did like wander around for a bit. But it's not as not though for very long before that. It's not as though wandering around they then took it down in that space of time. Um Oh, are or are you referring to the the quick paint over that they did? The quick paint over. Oh no no. I'm it's talking not about like the, a yeah, it's not like a huge degree of I'm work talking about to the do that, but other location that we tried to scope out that they had apparently just used for a couple exterior shots and then they, you know, they'd put up big signage, um, and then quickly taken down big signage. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, gosh. So in addition to the filming, like we can talk more about like the actual filming we saw going on, but we tried to scope out actual locations from the show we did. that weren't currently being used well because the other thing is we rolled up at like 1 30 and we had been trying to leave portland earlier than that and then we found out that they were doing night shoots so we had time to kill so much time so we killed some time wandering around uh what was your favorite place that we visited what was my favorite place um oh god where did we go? What did we do? I had a really dope... You can remember me not having heard the Kanye song, but like of the five places we went to, there's not one that just stands out. Um. Well, first of all, that changed how I look at you as a person. 
Okay. Moving um, on. But I had a really dope salad at the Great Northern. Uh, the Salish uh, yes. Lodge. Are you drinking out of a Salish glass glass right now? Yes. I got a pint glass from the Salish Lodge that uh, uh, has a owl on it. <laughs> They, 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 they know their clientele, or at least that subsector. I mean, like, it's a really nice place. Like, it's really tricked out inside. So, and I mean, there's like, there's the waterfall. There's the Great Northern Waterfall right out there. It's a beautiful place to go vacationing, I'm sure. Yeah. And but while, like, while we were there, I texted my parents and told them that this was their next vacation destination. So, shouts out, mom and dad. I was pretty serious about that. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, I would love to stay there someday. Uh, but I'm sure, like, it's got to be, like, at least one in every, like, 20 people who goes there and, like, books a room is just like, yes, Twin Peaks, yes, yes. Um, reasonably priced, yes. Um, so. We also saw the falls that are right outside of the Great Northern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we also took the time to look for the place where the sign would be. Mm-hmm. The the sign from the opening credits that they put the title card over, uh, and we did. I mean, we did find that it's yeah. actually marked on Google Maps, uh, which you know, I guess maybe like five years ago, I would have been shocked. But like every weird landmark conceivable is probably on yep. Google Maps at mm-hmm. this point. Like, there's probably just like a team of people at Google who just do that and get paid ridiculous money. So, I would like to be in their shoes. Anyway, um. We also went to um, the sheriff's department, which is actually a rally school, and I didn't know what rally was until we went there. Can okay, let's uh, let's have you explain what rally is. You know, I still don't know. It just involves cars driving around a track. <laughs> I think um, you described them as mid-sized at one point. Well, okay, so uh, Dirtfish Rally School uh, is now headquartered in the in what was the twin peaks sheriff's sheriff's office for the show which was actually uh the office for what was the mill in mm-hmm. the show um uh, i think it was and so the mill is still there on that property yeah um so we technically visited uh two places in one um but i think it was a warehouser mill at some point i think that's the name of the logging company anyway so it was the warehouse office when they were filming twin peaks and then the whole th- operation was like shut down and whatever. And rally is where they race mid-sized cars, of which they had some inside the office. They so did. you saw the size of those cars. You can attest that if you were paying any attention, that they were not very large cars, nor were they very small cars. They were indeed mid-sized cars. Yes, you race these mid-sized cars uh, with particularly good handling around dirt racetracks so that you're doing drifts and shit um i will say it is the one type of racing that i don't think has been exhibited in the fast and furious movies uh, Whoa. so i'm just saying furious eight dirtfish rally school they yeah. will hook you up they will hook you up vin diesel um just like they hooked us up because they are some very nice people who get a lot of twin peaks visitors or as they call them peakers i think yeah i think it was peakers peakers but yeah shout out to the people at dirtfish uh it was just a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I guess they're open like a lot of the time. There was one car, uh, you know, out on the track. Uh, and they're just like, oh, you're here to check out? Like, check this out? Like, yeah, like, help yourselves, take photos, whatever. Like, all the rooms are open. 
there's snacks and I was like you're just like offering us snacks like this is crazy yeah and um, all of the interior architecture looks the same like uh Lucy's desk looks basically the same I mean they have updated like wall paneling and stuff but yeah, it's you still, can pretty easily project the sheriff's office yeah, onto the... Yeah, we were definitely in the conference room uh, that they used in the pilot and so forth. Like, it's, it's really which cool. Which I weirdly always thought was on the other side of the building, but I guess... Uh, oh, your internal architecture? Yeah, put it on the other side head? of the building. Yeah. Across I think the I would too. But I um, think like it's possible that the it was flipped. What do you mean? Horizontally oh, flipped. In... In the film, in the like the filming process, flipped it. Oh, okay. Do you get hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so, or maybe I don't. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. In the it's building, like, it's, it's like, on the other side. In the real okay. life, we'll wait. We'll wait. Building. Okay, it's like when you take a photo with your back facing camera, and it flips the photo, so it's not what you actually look like. Like you know do how you, when you what, look do you in think the mirror, that they do that a lot in television and film? It might where have just, just happened. I don't. Th- I think what is more likely is that you may have gotten this impression by a shot of them walking into one room, but then that room is actually on the other side of the building. Like okay. you don't actually see them walk into like the camera. Camera doesn't pan around the corner and like see them actually walking into that room where you think it is, but they just walk into a door and then they're in the room on the other side of the it's building. It's not that, but we'll talk about this later. <laughs> okay i don't because i'm picturing it seen in the conference room right now we'll get maybe there's more than one conference room in that building because we only went down one way that's also possible but we did go in the one that they use because you can see the mill through the windows yeah, in the pilot but i'm thinking anyway <laughs> okay anyway, they were like really really nice to us yes like the nicest people yes they did not they did not uh, I will say we're only having this conversation because they did not tell us this is the conference room they used in the pilot. That would have been very helpful, Dirtfish people. Maybe if you're listening. Familiarize yourself. Just like, you know, maybe just make a little map uh, for any podcasters who wander on through. Anyway, um, so that's super close to the mill, which was super close to the bridge that they used uh for the scene where Ronit Pulaski emerges uh, from the train car, uh, which is now paved over, and it's just like a pedestrian and bicyclist bridge. Uh, so it's just got, like, the, the old train iron, um, mm-hmm. but otherwise concrete and uh, concrete guardrails, uh, which people have scribbled on with all sorts of Twin Peaks graffiti. I saw Bob was here. I saw Let's Rock. Uh, some other shit about... <laughs> Twin Peaks, probably, probably like the owls are not what they seem. Like scrawled yeah. ten times, but I just couldn't count them all. Uh, that was pretty cool. I don't know. It's it's interesting to think of how close all these things were. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's as though like it, it's it's weird that you know okay you have to like drive you know uh, down the road like ten minutes to get to the Great Northern from where the diner is, but that's like not even that unrealistic. But to think that this place is just, like, so chock-a-block with all these great, like, ready-for-film locations that Mm -hmm. they were able to use is really cool. Um, Pacific Northwest is naturally beautiful. Yes. I'm not looking at my phone because you're rambling. I'm looking at my phone for pics of the trip. Way to just, like, lift the curtain. (laughs) You could have just, like, talked about 
something while <laughs> while looking at your phone. Oh boy. Anyway, I'm just trying to let you know. We still have happening. a lot of this bonus episode again. Doing air quotes left to cover, and it's already twenty minutes long. So okay, let's, let's get this moving. Um, we talked about the Salish. We talked about the bridge. We've actually talked about all the locations, basically. So let's move on to the other subject, which is damn fine foods. Yeah. Because we ate food because we're human beings who got hungry. Um, When we first got there, we stopped at this little place in North Bend called Scott's Dairy Freeze. It's apparently a favorite of David Lynch's. Uh, We got there, had some French fries. I think that's all I had. You had ice cream. Oh, I had an ice cream cone. Well, the ice cream cone was was just it was an ice cream cone it was like a it was like a it was exactly what you expect a dairy freeze ice cream cone to be which is to say pretty good but i mean what nothing is what is dairy freeze i think well i think it's just like a i think it's just um sort of close to a branded thing that might sound similar to dairy freeze if you catch my drift like no okay <laughs> chain of restaurants Chain of fast food restaurants. Oh. Anyway, okay. Okay, got it. Anyway, I think that that was just kind of what they would they would use that terminology back in the day when that chain was founded. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> we had some French fries there, though. Good French fries. The French fries were really good. I remember commenting on that. Like those were some exquisite French fries. Not in like a special French fry way, but in a like these are like not very like a, well done French fries. Not in a Portland bougie. Yeah, these were not rosemary fries. These were not garlic fries. Not truffle oil fries. Oh, God. Now I'm not... See, I shouldn't have even brought that up because now you're going to be thinking about that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Uh, so you mentioned you had a you had a salad. Oh, God, I'm bumping the microphone. Yeah. You had a salad at the Salish that you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I went for their damn fine pie and coffee combo. So that's a bold claim. Well, this is a bold claim if they had known that we do this food segment. <laughs> but I, I don't think they did. Uh, they also had a cocktail called the Dale Cooper, which I can't remember for the life of me what was in it. But it did not, it did not sway my decision making process. I did not try that. Had the pie and coffee. The pie, pretty good. I was just gonna say we we were there empty once. Oh yeah, it's very it's on point with the episode hey. we're talking about this week. Um, well, yeah. So I, I actually, you know, what? I will I will give the pie my damn fine stamp, but the coffee was pretty pretty. The coffee lame. was not good. <laughs> it was. It came in a cool glass, but it was not good coffee. Sorry, nope. Salish. Over roasted. Try harder next time on the coffee. Or don't try that hard. Like, it's also good coffee that people just, like, make. I don't know. Anyway. There are some pretty easy fixes for over-roasting. Let me know if you have questions and I can address them. Yeah. So, what? We're now asking if the Salish Lodge people are listening and the Dirtfish people. Yep. And we're worried that a large hamburger brand might be listening. Um, Yep. Great. Anyway, so that covers like that covers well, the and that, then that covers the food I ate, which no, is to say that I didn't eat like we also went to a third location. I know that covers the food 
I ate with, with, you know, I'm not going to give time to like the pretzels or almonds <laughs> I snacked on later. Like I didn't eat like a real meal while we were there, which is like my bad. Like really, uh, it was by the time that that hunger set in, it was time for us to go watch them film. So did think about stealing from craft services, but was no, not that bold. They would not let you do that. Anyway, you want to talk about Piccola. The dopest wine bar in all of North Bend. Maybe the only wine bar, but still a pretty dope wine bar, uh, which is where we kind of spent the last few hours before filming. Yeah, we staked out that wine bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, before filming commenced. Also in a pretty strategically nice location for keeping an eye on things. Well, you mean to say that craft services was like parked right across from the wine bar which i don't know like i think we both had our hopes up that maybe that meant we would see someone but really what it meant was we saw a lot of people milling around yeah and then we got a sense of like oh maybe like things are dying down because they're gonna start filming soon so maybe we should go mm-hmm. um but while at the wine bar uh piccola is uh they're known for their wines on tap and they also do uh wine totes which is like it's like Franzia, but you don't, pick your wine. Uh, uh, mm, I don't. Uh, uh, let's not make the Franzia comparison. It's nicer than that. It is. I wine mean, at, the wine is nicer than Franzia, but like it's the same delivery method. It is. Yes, a same. wine tote is wine in a bag that is not then ensconced in a box. Hence, it is a tote. It has a carrying handle. That's the other nice thing. Which it kind actually, of. It kind of looks like a bag of blood for a blood transfusion. It kind of looks like the perfect thing for all the wine moms out there in college right now. Like all the future wine moms, you know who you are, who are still in college, who want to take out some wine uh, on a Friday night. A wine tote exists specifically for you. Just put it in your purse, get a straw, you're set. Yeah, so set. Anyway, uh, I tried their Harvester Red and their Rosé. I really like the Harvester Red. Like, I read the little description and said that there would be, like, some peppery notes and some other kind of subtle flavor notes, and they were all there, and it was very delicious. And then the rosé was a pretty solid rosé. Rosés are real real in right now, and it was a solid contender. So, and it did not market itself as a brosé, so it actually, like, hey. automatically gets a, a big stamp of approval from me. So, what did you think of the wines you had? Well, I had a cider, and their cider was really good, and I don't remember what... You tried it. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a really, like, full flavor to it, which you sometimes don't get with ciders. Um, And then I also had the rosé, which I thought was pretty solid. It was, like, a shockingly pink rosé. Oh, yeah. I remember that, too. Yeah, it's very, very vividly pink. And then we ate a lot of Costco pretzels, and you decided that pretzels are not the same. Uh, that's a reference to another show, which we're just not going to actually get into on this podcast that our moms listen to because then they're going to have to like watch that show and then they're going to be like, what's wrong with our children? So <laughs> if you got it, good, good. You got the reference. Awesome. Uh, so so we hung we, we hung out at Piccola. The, the staff there is great. Uh, you shout know. out to our new friends. Yeah. There was a dog. There, there was a dog. It was like a hub for uh, cool goings on. Um, there were a lot of kids at one point. That is a wine bar you can bring your kids to. North Bend. Love it. 
did not see a dispensary in North Bend, which is weird because since weed was legalized in Washington, living in Portland and then going back home, it's like every corner now (laughs) is selling you weed. And so it was weird to be in a town where that had not become the norm. But anyway, uh, super great place, super great people, super great wine. And then the sunset and we were going to watch filming commence and we're not going to say who we saw, but we saw some people. We can say we saw David Lynch's head through the windows of Tweed's Cafe. And that was pretty much it because it was an entirely interior shoot. So we couldn't hear anything. We could just kind of see snippets of things. And we stood there for three hours. Well, I feel like we can say this, which was that the the scene that we were watching was a really long shot, which I found really interesting to watch. And I'm going to be really interested to see how that looks when it airs, whether there's like some camera work and some cutting going on or whether that was really like a tracking shot. Yeah, that would be interesting um, to try and pick out. Uh, yeah, I'm at a loss, though. Like, we stood there for three hours. We saw maybe three takes, and then it was 11, and then they were taking lunch because <laughs> they were starting at night and working through the night. So that was it. Um, you know, the the crew who, you know, kind of wrangled all of us looky-loos out on the sidewalk, were they were very nice. Mm-hmm. Um there they was just, a pretty large group of people when they first started setting yeah, up. Yeah, there was a big group. It was group. like it was like 3 dozen people. Um but that was slowly whittled down until it was like maybe 10, maybe less when we left. Uh And yeah, there was just like wasn't a lot of like because they were all inside and there wasn't a lot of like milling around between takes and stuff outside. Uh and we had to keep our distance like no one was like getting a chance to like talk to actors or other people close to the production like that's just how it was um we saw like we we saw them rehearse once with the stand-ins for actors and then like actual like you know cast came out but it was cool it was cool to actually see it happening at the very least and know like oh right like this is real now like there's gonna be a new season of twin peaks in the near future, they're making it right before my eyes. But that's how I felt about the situation. It's like we're standing it, on the sidewalk and I'm just soaking up the cool from a distance. Yeah. And it looks like the new season is in really good hands. Like the crew all like obviously seems really dedicated and really into like uh, into like what they're making and like preserving the mystery of it, which I think is a huge part of Twin Peaks itself. Um, and like why people like the show um, and what makes it special Um, and it seems like showtime is being very financially supportive based on the amount of production work we saw there there was a lot of people in other words a lot of people and a lot of equipment it wasn't like david lynch just had like a handheld camcorder and was like (laughs) all right everybody take your places well and the scope of like what we've seen them doing with the exteriors that they're shooting in terms of like kind of taking over these spaces and really changing them so as to like match the pilot like that takes a lot of money yeah and that takes a lot of expertise it's a lot of work um and a lot of money but i think i get a sneaking suspicion that the only place that's gonna get that heavy of a makeover is the diner um i don't know 
if there's any reason to believe that other places are going to get more than an exterior workup in Washington because we still don't know. We know that they're filming in Washington for like six weeks, maybe two months or something. And then it's supposed to be like well over the, I mean, it's supposed to be the length of a TV show season, like 18 episodes at the longest. So, I mean, you, 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 what? Oh my God! You can't show me messages during the podcast, Ashley. While I'm already searching for my words, <laughs> Jesus. Um, what was I? Now you don't even remember I'm what sorry. I was saying. No, what I was saying was uh, six weeks is does not seem like enough time to film an entire season of television in. So a lot of stuff has to be happening elsewhere, presumably in LA or thereabouts. Oh, yeah. uh, so I don't think we're gonna necessarily see any other interiors uh restored to the way they were in the pilot they like they're not going to take over the local high school and make over that back to how it was in the 90s for instance but also since school is in session be kind of kind of problematic (laughs) so if they like revisit that it will probably be a set uh like it was in the show but it's interesting that they wanted to do a lot of it at least on location consistent with the pilot and with the movie um, and one other thing, we didn't see much of this, but what um, what we saw on Twitter from some people who had observed earlier uh, was that some of the more like modern new businesses and buildings in North Bend are being incorporated into some of the scenes that are being shot. Is this spoiler territory? I think it is. I wasn't going to say anything specific. I think it's spoiler territory, though, to say I that other buildings that are like of a certain type were being incorporated i don't think that's a spoiler okay well i think it suggests things i think it's suggestive i will agree with that i don't think it's a spoiler i think this is i think this starts to be though where the hashtag keep the mystery alive like spirit is really being tried all right all right Um, that was all i was gonna say okay okay anyway and then we went to see some kittens Yes, but that's unrelated, and we're not going to talk about that here, because this has already been 35 minutes, and we have to record a regular episode of the show. So, I'm Matthew Olson. I'm Ashley Brandt, and I'm looking at some kitten pics right now. That can't be your (laughs) sign-off. Are we doing the normal sign-off? We might as well. Okay. Um, These grapes are right on edge.